Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and unlike Greek nouns, we won't decline a beer. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Secret History by Donna Tart. Jimmy, starting with a beer. This book is about life in college, and these particular students in this college are getting a degree in classics which sounds to me like a product of a misspent youth. This is product of a misspent youth from Twin Elephant, and it is a double dry hopped American double India pale ale. American double India pale ale. 9%. An American Indian pale ale? Is it like cheap America beer? American <laughs> double India pale ale. Didn't uh, you have that for something? Pilsner I pale. I used that for something a few weeks ago. Did you? Into the, months ago, in into the, the past future. and or in the future. I know you used Twin Elephant. Was it this particular one? It was, yes. Oh, okay. Well, then you know. Oh, yeah. I remember it. It's pretty good. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah. We remember them all. It's a, it's a nice double IPA. It's got that weird kind of flavor I don't really, I can never place. Maybe it's one of these hops. It's definitely not Citra. Maybe it's the Yukonot or Kashmir. You cannot figure out what it tastes like? I cannot. That sounds Greek. The EU... Pre- prefix is definitely it's like like eugenics or you you know euphony that's a greek prefix eulogy because it's about when you die the yule log <laughs> <laughs> so the secret history is our second donna tart book or is it donna tart this is a recommendation by a patron and listener. So thanks, Grace, for suggesting we do this book. Just took us a year to get to it. And um, <laughs> took us a year uh, to read it, too. We have read The Goldfinch before, and we were, uh, it was okay. And now this is her first book, which I didn't realize she's only written one other one. So we could, we could do the Donna Tart hat trick and get... <laughs> <laughs> Get the if we do the other book that is far less famous than either of these. The full bibliography. <laughs> I mean, there's something very satisfying about that. Like I've read everything by her. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the only author I could I could reasonably come close to saying that for is Dan Brown, and that's not really that's not. A, and actually, I don't think I read the last one. Street cred there. <laughs> yeah, like I've read everything he's written. Like, you sound like a total idiot, but <laughs> Donna Tart has literary street cred. I have read all of Cormac McCarthy. That makes you sound like a sociopath, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, uh, I've read there's some, some others I've read a lot of, but I don't think there's anybody I've read every everything of. But anyway, um, we haven't read everything in Donna Tarts yet. We'll see at the end of this if we are interested in doing the third book. Uh, so this is her first novel. It came out in 1992, and it takes place, I guess, in the 80s. It was um, hard to tell, but yeah, I kind of got the 80s sense after a while yeah so we can go through that i mean it doesn't doesn't really matter that much it's it's clearly before cell phones and the internet they yeah. did so much calling each other and they didn't have cell phones so it's like wow this would be in a comp- i really thought this would be a completely different book if they just had cell phones or could text each other a lot of the conflict would have been some would have been fine <laughs> uh, not a conflict at all there's also mention of um, they don't even have like word processors. They have to use typewriters to type their papers. So it's got to be, you know, quite a way. At know. what point they mentioned a Vietnam War movie with um, 
Oh, it was yeah. Platoon. It's yeah, so it was, platoon. they didn't mention the main Platoon, but I was like, that's Platoon with uh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. I'm like, oh, well, that's Platoon. So when I looked and I was like, Platoon came out in 86, I think, because I looked it up. I was like, aha, there's a date. I could figure out when this takes place. <laughs> the so, first clue. Yeah. <laughs> Three quarters of the way through. I believe it is 86 because I think it won Best Picture. Uh, definitely. Definitely 1986. Did one Best Picture? <laughs> so the book, the, so this book is large. I mean, yeah, one best picture. God damn it's it. not. Ba- it's not based on Donna Tartt's act. This thing didn't actually happen to Donna Tartt when she was at college at Bennington College in Vermont. But a lot of the sort of like atmosphere <laughs> of the whole place, <laughs> atmosphere of the whole place, was very much like her actual college experience, where well, she I think was. She did study classics. Where she was partially. college classmates with. Brett Easton Ellis and Jonathan Lethem. I wonder why it was dedicated to him. I was like, I, I didn't get that. But okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this is one of the few times where I read the dedication and knew who it was. <laughs> and That's when just I was like, oh. To mom. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or like as some, you know, the only, oh, the only one that comes to mind is the first uh, Obama-Biden mysteries. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, dedication. <laughs> But this is the uh, Virginian by Owen Wister is dedicated to his friend Teddy Roosevelt. I haven't read that book, and uh, but by knowing, but it's a western. Thinking thinking about Brett Easton Ellis, like throughout this book, I couldn't. Then like reading a little bit more about it, and like they're kind of lumped together in those like Gen X writers of the nineties. And so I just kept kind of comparing it to the Brett Easton Ellis books that I've read, and like trying to see if there are any similarities or things that you know whatever. So we can talk about other stuff like that later, I guess. But that was interesting, an interesting like factoid. Kind of like we didn't realize at the time, uh, Moby Dick is dedicated to Herman Melville. <laughs> oh no, Her- it's uh, nothing at Hawthorne. It's developed. Oh, yeah, Melville dedicated to Hawthorne and his sweet, sweet dedicated to himself. What a dick! <laughs> that would be all. You know what? That'd be fucking. I bet to I me, bet art of the deal was dedicated to the. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, misspoke. I can see that. Except Trump didn't actually write that, so therefore it's not dedicated to the that author. Dedication to Donald Trump. You're going to love this book. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever read it. <laughs> All right, so it takes place in the 80s, uh, we're, we're presuming, on the fake Hampton, Hampton College, but it's, which is in New Hampshire, right? No, Vermont. In the book, is it Vermont? Oh, Hampton yes. College is probably not a real it's college. It's definitely Vermont. Okay, so okay. it is based on the real college called Bennington. Bennington College in Vermont, in southwestern Vermont, where apparently it was, so it was in the 80s, it was the most expensive college in the country. It when it was very, they, you did not have to have SATs, you didn't even have to have high school diploma. And it was a lot of Didn't very rich kids. Diploma? They would let you in. Like one of the characters in the book, they actually would let you in even if you hadn't oh. actually... Um, graduated high school. I mean, it was also the 80s. The, things were a little bit less competitive, but... I went to grad school with a guy who didn't finish college. They just forgot to check. <laughs> anyway, so, and apparently it was a place with very, very rich people, just like this, just like in this book, and there were a ton of drugs, just like so many drugs. And it was also just like out in the middle of nowhere. And apparently they didn't give grades, to, and they, no, like their classes, they didn't grade. They didn't give grades for the classes. Exactly, it's one of those. So super hippie. It's kind somewhere of place. where rich kids and weird hippies can bond over not having to do very much. And the main character, which they did, Richard, 
joins into that culture very quickly. So there's a beginning part, like a little backstory. Now, Richard's an interesting character because he's like not really in the story that much. He's the narrator, but like it's like there's kind of a very close observer. Yeah. It reminded me of the Goldfinch and like the story happens to him and as opposed to him being an agent in the story. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but he is a no, but like he's not rich and he's through Podunk, California. His father owns a gas station and when Richard sits down for lunch with Bunny for the first time, Bunny acting all rich and Richard says, Oh, my father's an oil. <laughs> we have one oil well. You know. He's a bit of a, a bit of a serial liar for like the first chunk of the book, and then it kind of doesn't acknowledge that again. It's 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 there occasionally it comes up that he is full of shit. That he and he says it he says at some point I I'm not gonna find the quote. Perhaps not more so than everyone else. True. But his, he just like wants to, he just, you know, a, a thing I was thinking about for Brett Snell is like, he just wants to fit in. Like he just yeah. wants to get into this group and he quickly becomes smitten with this pretentious bunch of rich cunts who are studying classic Greek. Like they never even mention Latin, even though that's, I mean, they do mention because Henry, the, like the most pretentious one speaks Latin with the teacher sometimes, but they just seem to study Greek and... Yeah. They That's all, only they half all join the this little, little like it's like this little uh, cult within the college of a handful of students who take all their classes with one teacher, and, and that teacher only yeah. has five students. And it was he made it especially. His name was Julian, and he made a special exception to let Richard in to be the sixth student in the Greek studio. Did he call it the Lyceum? Lyceum, yes. Also very pretentious, calling his. Little set of classrooms, the Lyceum. It was one of the, like the first chunk was one of those pretentious things I've ever read in my life. But I understand it was on purpose, but it was just like, wow, good lord. Did you ever uh, encounter one of those little nerd cabals in college? You ever seen anything like that? I went to music school, so no. Because I remember I in under, undergraduate class, I had to take some, I don't know why, like what requirement it, it satisfied, but I ended up taking a class called German Fiction in Translation. So I was like, all right, cool, that I don't have to speak great. German. <laughs> it was all like Goethe and shit like that. But I was the only person in the class who wasn't a German major, which wasn't a very popular major. And it was popular among certain people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to this? They're like, why do you have so much what have you just not gotten a chance to shave your head recently? <laughs> like did you not see the homework assignment last night? <laughs> do you know the right answer for this question? <laughs> so, how do they raise uh, their hands in that class? Uh, they, it's it's very they they always like do like a quick look around like you know like kind of think before you you tell a racist joke. <laughs> and, like, oh, uh, and it's like a forty five degree angle. <laughs> a doctor, <laughs> and then they point. But anyway, I was the only one who didn't also take you know intermediate german with that professor and like a german culture and like everyone else that's all they took were these classes the majority of what they took were these german classes with this one sad lonely german professor that's and so it was so weird. weird i felt so excluded i thought i was like there to make <laughs> friends with anybody but, like no one had any interest in like any ever talking to me or like any time i can participate like uh-huh moving on like, famously just, accepting of outsiders the Germans. Yeah, they really, they really <laughs> uh, bucked the trend. Of... <laughs> like, I, I mean, after the first day, they were like, 
oh, hey, are you a German major? And I was like, no. And they're like, are you a Jew? And I was like, oh, what's it to you? And they're like, mm-hmm. And that was it for the rest <laughs> of the... It was very weird. So I totally recognized that in this group that they're... That's bizarre. They're so... Like, they don't, they don't speak, the kids in the book now, to anyone else, basically. The only one who really does is uh, Richard, their narrator, and occasionally when they have to talk to the guy to score drugs, cloak... You really never see any interactions between them and other, you know, non-Greek students. No, they don't have any. Richard occasionally goes to a party and fucks a girl that's not in the... It's like a one-line throwaway thing yeah. whenever that happens. Because he doesn't matter in the story. <laughs> so the anyway, you're all the people in the Greek in the Greek studio or the, in the Lyceum, all five. They're all like very rich in the beginning... Really, like, third of the novel is really, like, him getting to know all the different, all all five of these other kids. And they talk about class a bit, but not even really all that much. Mainly, he talks about, they, they, they warm up to him pretty fast. And they're, like, invite him out to their, like, weekend retreats that they have at one, at, what is it, Francis's, Francis's aunt's house. Aunt's, like, mansion somewhere that's not too far to get to. They're all rich kids to varying extents. They're all very rich, and they basically sit around and drink all the time. I also noticed that at the this college, they're always. It really seemed like they're all like not wearing suits all the time, but they're wearing like you know like button up shirts and I think like coats. these five kids are, but everyone else is not. But well, they're Richard trying to get like he had to do that to fit in. Everything they do is highly affected, right? I understand this is before cell phones and text messages, but even to say, hey, want to get lunch tomorrow? They have like formal invitations they leave in their mailboxes <laughs> and like, oh, you need to wear a jacket to this place. Like they, they're, they really go through great pains to, to maintain this like old, old time decorum that they're just copying really from the professor guy because he's so European. Like that's a thing they say at some point that he's, you know, he mm-hmm. used to, he met or- Orwell didn't like him. You find out at the end, but he, you know, he, he cooked a meal once for, you know, what was the fake country? Uh, something like Isram or something like that. It was like, Oh the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some fake Middle Eastern country. He taught the estranged the uh, princess in exile. So in reality, the daughter of the Shah did go to Bennington with Donna Tart and Brady hmm. Snell's and that. So that was actually true. She just changed the name. She didn't want to be like Selman Rushdie and have to um, live in hiding. She didn't really change it much, though. <laughs> no, like... it was very obvious. <laughs> but, but then... So they meet yeah. all the people. So the characters are... Um, there's Charles and Camilla, who are twins. Uh, and uh, Richard immediately is just wants to fuck Camilla pretty much the whole book. But he's never in gets love to. with her, though. He's... he's, he's infatuated by her it's not just well all the boys thing. are except for francis who's gay well it's because all they're, re- they're reading classic greek stuff it's all just spartans butt fucking each other I mean, isn't that technically i mean at one point a professor says you want to study classics that's just war and homos is what the <laughs> professor says <laughs> classics is and he's like uh that seems inappropriate though it does have a grain of truth in it is <laughs> basically the the response that he has. Uh and then there's Henry which is 
you could say the leader of the the bunch, sort of the smartest of them all. And didn't wasn't Henry the one that technically didn't graduate high school, but he had just yeah. but already spoke like you know eight languages and lived all he over the world. He got into like a he was like hit by a car, was in a car accident, so he like missed a bunch of school and just did all his learning on his own. He's super smart and thinks everything's beneath him, including you know like d- human decency at times. He might also just be. Oh, he's a sociopath. Or at the end he's of the, a sociopath. Yeah. He there's a, a clear a line end, where yeah. he says he's like, "I know you're like me. You don't feel things." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, that's." And Rich's like, oh, okay. "I wouldn't go that far." But Henry Henry's the smartest and the richest. He floats like the other kids are. Oh, and then there's Bunny. Well, we've got to talk. Uh, Francis about, is but, also really rich, and then there's Bunny, who's not rich, but but want but thinks he is because his family used to have money, so he pretends to be rich. Uh, so his family is like money is the only thing that's important, but we're not going to give you any. You have to go out and basically beg, borrow, and steal all of it and look rich. And apparently, uh, Bunny, whose real name is something else, I don't remember. Edmund. Edmund. Edmund there you go. Edmund oh, and Henry were roommates their freshman year, and they were friends, but basically, uh, Bunny... Just um, just just mooches off of Henry the entire time. Like, oh, won't you get this for me? Blah 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 blah. To a he's ridiculous a, degree, he's a parasite. It is yeah. not even subtle. You're like, you're first introduced to this when Bunny asks Richard, the main character, the the narrator, out to lunch at a fancy place and says, "You need to wear a coat and a tie." at this place or they're going to like, you know, going to have to give you one. And then they go there and they have all these drinks in addition to really expensive food. And then they finally get the check and it, Oh, but bunny's note had said, it's on me old chap or something like that. And he's like, so it's a fucking the great Gatsby. <laughs> I think he's exactly old man all the time. And when Richard and when Richard gets there, he doesn't, he literally doesn't bring money with him. So he doesn't have any money at all. And they get there and that when they finally get the check, Bunny is expecting, was plan was to go, oh, I seem to have uh, not brought any money with me. Do you think you could just get this this time? But Richard didn't have any money either. I mean, he's poor. His father owns a gas station, so like he doesn't actually have and any. And, and so, it's not, so uh, Bunny has to call Henry and say, Henry, can't you come pick us up, oh, and get the check for this $200 lunch we just had? Yeah, they don't just have lunch. Like They shut the place down. Like they're they're ordering rounds and rounds of like aperitifs and shit. While and Bunny uh shit talks gay people in front of the waiter who is clearly gay. He is super bigoted. <laughs> like he says He has zero like, like, qualities. He, he, he says something like it's like not even subtle. Like the waiter's there's like, let me take you to your table. He's like, this is a great place. A lot of gays here. And then like, he doesn't say gays. Yeah, he's he's much more uh you know, ridiculous language. And then later on, he like says shit about like Catholics, and he says, I think he says something about Jews at some point. Like he's just, he's just oh, he yeah, just says all, all sorts of shit for no with no reason to, you know. And it's clearly, not like he's driving and one cut him off. It's just, he's, <laughs> he's just like just out of nowhere. He's like, you know who sucks, and then he just like, goes into a a spiel about about which race he doesn't like. And you're it's you're like those kids in my German class. You're immediately not, you know, you know he's going to die because literally the actual little quick two-page prologue of the book is, oh, yeah, and then we killed Bunny, 
and then jumps to, okay, now my first day of college and blah, blah, blah. And here's how And then when you meet Bunny, you're like, fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Fuck him. I get it. I understand. You know, it's much like this long to kill him. You know, (laughs) you, you, because here's the thing, the author didn't want the reader to feel you, you wanted to be in the mind of Richard and you know he was going to go through with it because you already she already gave it away in the first couple of pages so you couldn't like this guy you had to be in which is just like you where a bunch of the people that what's his name Joe Goldberg murders in you are like the most irritating pretentious just Um. awful selfish awful people and you're really kind of like not sad when the author, uh, when the when he merged them, it's an interesting connection. Um, it reminds me of this beer. Actually, it has nothing to do with this beer. <laughs> <laughs> but they're um they're classics majors, and you know uh that might put them in the eye of Jupiter. <laughs> you know, God, well, they would have said Zeus. Okay, yeah. Uh, but they're uh, since they never talk about the Romans, really. And this beer is called In the Eye of Jupiter, and it's an IPA draft with Strata Kohatu Mosaic Rikau. Rikau? Rikau? I'll try a few more. Citra and Sabro from Finbeck at 7.5% alcohol. And I can't read what it says on the bottom, damn it. You have to finish the can first. It's like uh, the, the toy at the bottom of the bag of cereal. Now you just put your fucking hand in there when you grab that shit. This is great. The Sabro is what comes through, which gives it like a cantaloupe melon flavor. It's wonderful. But I think you're right. But though at some point, what's his name? Richard says, I hope I'm not making Bunny seem like too much of an asshole. And you're like, <laughs> uh, mm, kind of. He does suck the biggest of chodes, though he would make sure that it's, you know, he'd, he would question if it was circumcised. <laughs> um, so they, you kind of introduce him to the characters, though mostly you get to know Bunny at this point. In uh, a little bit about Henry, but mainly he talks about going out to the country with with them, like basically every weekend. And he said they had a great time because it was just kind of like they're just invited into their all their parties. But then there's like kind of like weird stuff happening sometimes. Like he over he, he sees something like weird being boiled on a pot on the stove, and he's like, "What is that?" And then he once overhears. Two of them talking, I think it was actually Charles and Camilla saying like, oh, we we ruined the sheets. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? They're going to know that the sheets are gone. And he's like, well, what the fuck did they do? And anyway, that's weird. And do you think maybe, do you think maybe Richard thought he was imagining things? <laughs> <laughs> this is Imagining Things by Finback. Also, he, they do imagine things at the end of the book, but I wasn't going to wait that long to open it. So this is Imagining Things, a double India Pale Ale. Uh, dry hopped with Kah- yeah, Kahatu Mosaic, Brew One, and Kra- Cit- Citra? Yeah, and Citra. Was, I think, is that what it says? It is. I really need another light on in here. I really can't see it. And it is 8% alcohol. Also, I had a four-pack of Eye of Jupiter, but then I just drank them all, so I <laughs> couldn't use that anymore. <laughs> Whoops. It's good. It's very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely beer here. <laughs> as good as, tastes as good as murdering bunny. Speaking of things, 
that we could imagine. Oh yeah, we could we imagine, imagine <laughs> talking about Patreon. <laughs> oh yeah, if you imagine yourself, if you're like a rich asshole and you have too much money, or you picture yourself as bunny and you need to have the classiest things, you might want to support this podcast uh, financially. And you could head over to Patreon.com/slash/DrunkGuysBookClub, where you could become a patron and get early access to episodes, exclusive content, swag, and stuff. When I remember to mail it out and uh, vote in our monthly book poll and get shouted out on those episodes. And if you're a patron and you suggest a book, we always read it. Just sometimes it takes us a little while. <laughs> but uh, if that's your thing, head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. Or you can help the podcast out just by leaving us a review or telling your friends to go listen before they you know, get murdered on an ill-planned bacchanal. Spoilers. Speaking of ill-planned bacchanals, <laughs> that's what happened? Well, so... first, there's a whole fucking really long passage where it's the end of the first semester, and they've learned a whole lot of Greek, and everybody goes on vacation. It was they, literally all Greek to them. <laughs> but they all go to... But they understood some of it. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about how Julian, Julian Morrow, accepted Richard into the class. Like, at first, he was like, hey, I took Greek in high school, and I liked it. I'd like to study. He's like, oh, no, I could not possibly take another student. No, he took Greek at his first college, because he's, where, he's where a transfer. He, he did two years of Greek at a different college. He's like, yeah. I couldn't possibly fit another student. Sorry, no thanks. But then, because he, Richard becomes kind of infatuated with the group, and uh, he sees him in the library, he overhears what they're talking about, and it's about Greek shit. And he kind of pulls the whole, like, I couldn't help but overhearing and thing. And it was a, they, they were discussing which case to use for a thing. It's like, mm, you could use the locative case. Which, like, which was wow. a great, a great cop-out uh, that he came up with, you know, because Greek is a, a decline. To, uh, our intro joke for, for classic Greek nerds. Please well, explain it to me because I don't understand it. <laughs> really? So I don't know Greek or Latin. But it's so. the same. Oh, okay. Or German or Russian. It works the same way. Uh, but anyway, uh, the endings of nouns are you know, not only not only do it's essentially like a, con- a form of you can think of it as conjugating nouns as well. You know, you conjugate verbs to show case. I uh, mean, sorry, tense and number and mood and all that shit. But you could do the same thing. You, you change the endings of verb. Uh, excuse me, of nouns to show is it the subject of a sentence? Is it the direct object? Is oh, it okay. an object of a preposition? And especially the more archaic Greek and Latin texts have like seven fucking cases where it's like, oh, this is when you want to show, like, I hit him with a sword. Oh, that's the oblative of means or whatever the fuck it is. By means of a sword. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to like know all these different, you know, which ending you change it to. And then like in some cases the endings look the same anyway. So it's kind of confusing. Um, so that's what German and Russian today are still case languages. Well, English, we still have, um, a vestigial vestigial. No one uses whom? No. Uh, when you say Nate's beer, what is that S doing there at the end of Nate? It's not Nate is, it's not an, it's not a contraction. S for possessive. It's the possess. It's the genitive case. It's yeah. the it's the case of possession. English used to have hmm. old English had four cases. Oh man, I smell a a a teacher old a, a grammar teacher ghost story called a case of possession. 
We we need to we need to write out all of our dumb fake stories. <laughs> that should be our next Patreon perk. That and the the woman who's haunted by the her husband's ghost at the chili pepper the chili contest. <laughs> yeah. The ghost pepper. <laughs> <laughs> the drunk guy's ghost stories. <laughs> but English does have um two two um cases basically. Possessive and everything else. <laughs> What's the point of that? One the is a case, much larger bucket the than the other. Aha! You also see like little hints of it in things like why Wednesday is spelt so stupidly, because it, it essentially comes from Woden, and it was like Woden's day, but the ending of the possessive would be Woden's day, and so they get get mushed into Wednesday over time, which is like Woden's day. But like, why would you add an extra? Anyway. That's what, so, they're talking, that's what they're dealing with. And he has a clever workaround. So he has a great time the first semester and the semester ends and all the, everyone else goes off to like a really fancy, va- well, they go to vacations and especially um, Henry and Bunny go off to Italy together. And Henry's, of course, obviously paying for all of it because, you know, because, uh, Bunny has absolutely no money at all. And uh, there's a really long passage about how cold the winter is because Richard has to take a room in like a mandolin repair shop or something like that. And it was a violin repair shop that has no heat, but it's also like free because he has no money there's either. a hole in the ceiling. And there's literally, yeah. <laughs> and the school set this up. They're like, oh, over yeah, you can waterfall. stay over there. Yeah, and, and the hippie guy is just like you're fucking getting snow in my room, <laughs> like the hippie Ebenezer Scrooge. Like he's incredibly cheap, but but he wears no one's a buying mandolins. Yeah, you know that's when I think of Vermont, I think of the you know budding you know bespoke mandolin, mandolin, mandolin industry. <laughs> and so Richard is like literally dying <laughs> there. He's actually yeah. dying because it's so cold, and he spends all his time. Uh, all his daytime time in the library at the school library and just anything he can do to be on campus and not be at his apartment. And he's because he literally just, he just shivers all night and it's like absolutely terrible. But then he's there and he like gets really sick. I forget how he, I forget how he gets sick, but he gets cold. I just, I think it's hypothermia is probably what he gets or any freezing to death slowly. Yeah. Develops pneumonia. And then, he like literally tries to like call an ambulance from a payphone. Remember those? Um, call an ambulance. Call call like the just call something, but it didn't go through. And then he like banged his head on the phone, and then he was like passed out in the snow. And Henry is there and brought him to the hospital. And Henry's like, for one thing, the vacation isn't over yet. Their winter vacation isn't over yet. So like, why is he? What's he doing there? Why is he back? And. So he goes to the hospital, and then Henry starts to explain, oh, yeah, I had to come home from Italy two weeks early. And then it sounds like there was a lot of conflict. Is this where he explains about all the, all the like, conflict he's having with Not Bunny yet. over there? No. You, know, until you find out. Why, I think you find why. out later. Yeah, you, you don't find out why. Yeah. But then you find out that something happened. And anyway, then the new semester starts... 
And finally, and Bunny is being absolutely just the biggest asshole in the universe. And then finally, Henry is Which like... Which he was the last semester, too. Yeah, but he's just... Apparently, he's being he's just gaping. Worse. The asshole has gotten he's so being, big. <laughs> he's, a, he's like an upperclassman asshole now. And you know, know, it's it's difficult. He was just for all pledging as an asshole. <laughs> it's it's difficult for all of them because you know it's just the five of them or the six of them all the time. They don't really have any other friends. It's just them. They're all BFFs. <laughs> this is BFF from Grimm. It's a triple India Pale Ale. Oh God, I didn't notice that nine percent. That's the same as the double. Whatever. It's also very good. Doesn't really say anything about it though. Uh, keep cold. Drink now. Trappist yeast. Oh, mosaic El Dorado and Idaho Seven. So, uh, monks. It's made by monks, or taken from the infections of monks, at least. Uh, the cooches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very good. I like it. I think I like it better than the other one, but they're both very good. But BFFs are hard to come by. Except when you're in a cult, in which case they're assigned to you. (laughs) And you can't escape. It's called a fraternity in college. So you find out. So after, I forget, something happens. Essentially, everyone is so sick of Bunny that eventually Henry sits down with Richard one night. He's like, listen, let me tell you about this thing. Let me tell you about what was really going on last fall. You would get so drunk and pass out, and then the rest of us would attempt to summon Dionysus. And I remember Mike texted us, hey, guys, about it, have you, how much have you read? Because a third of the way through, this really takes a turn. And I was like, whoa, really? Hmm, interesting. It literally says, oh, yes, yeah, so we've been trying to summon Dionysus, trying but we just failed over and over and over again. Yeah, trying to have a bacchanal and really have the spirit of Dionysus do something. I don't exactly know why. I think it's just because they're so they're so into Greece, so into ancient Greece that they're like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's good to so have they some do Greece it, and you're doing it And like all. Bunny was doing it a bit. <laughs> it's good oh, when you want to when you get when you want to make love to wait. someone from the Bach. <laughs> <laughs> Bach Anal would be a great name for a baroque gay bar. <laughs> He said it's good to have grease when you're doing a novel. <laughs> <laughs> nice ass. Okay. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so it's like we were trying to, and Bunny was participating, but then he was just being an asshole and like quit. No, what he said was they were trying to fast for a really long time oh, just to yeah. did hope, hoping that would summon him, but then. The, and then, like, but then the afternoon before we were going to try it again, because they do this on the weekends, they, at that Friday afternoon, we saw him having a cheeseburger. So, like, fuck him. So they <laughs> kind of, like, kicked him out. They're, they're trying to summon him in a way, but they're trying to basically achieve, like, altered mind states. From the old days, you know, they would, the, the mist, just the, what were the, what were the, what were the fates? Were those? The, the, you're talking the, the Oracle. Oracle Delphi. The Oracle. The Oracles would, like, huff, huff, like, a, huff a bag of poison. Yeah, just like, just, they were just huffing uh, glue out of a, pa- a plastic bag outside of a 7-Eleven. And well, it was glue stories. out of, like, a, a goat skin. Yes. <laughs> there was still a, still a bunch of hot glue, though. Uh, but so they were trying to find out how to do this shit, so they would either, you know, fast or, like, just drink till they passed out or just 
take a fuckload of ecstasy or some weird stuff like that. And those try are some to of the achieve. weird. Those are some of the weird things that 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 Richard was like noticing. That and so anyway, and then Henry says, and then one night, it worked. We we had the bacchanal, and then we all and then when we all woke up, there was a dead guy. Guy oh, we never seen we before. Made all those anal jokes and no one said Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's Roman, not Greek, right? I don't know. I don't know if he had a Greek name. <laughs> My butthole, please. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Greek mythology, Uranus. But I like this. Sometimes written as our anos. Oh, oh you like when it's, it's not Uranus, honey. It's our anus. <laughs> <laughs> this is for us. <laughs> Well, what happens, though, is he, he doesn't just tell Richard. He says, you know, he tells things, and he's like, and then something happened, and Richard's like, you killed a guy. You killed someone. And he's like, yes. You're so smart. You figured it out, because that's important later. Of Richard, oh, there was a quote, thing unquote, about, figuring it out. There, there was a thing about Richard finds that they had bought plane tickets to Argentina and then like calls and like Nazi kids I went to school confirms them and they're like you know it's like that's weird (laughs) yeah nice German village and they um anyway it's like that's weird something weird is going on to figure it out and he has to be deceitful too he has to lie and call up the airline company because it's 1984 or something and. I just want to confirm my airline tickets. <laughs> like, you know, because he's also like, this is, it's in this story, but not highlighted. Richard's a fucking creeper. Like, Richard is, is, is a, he's a lonely not guy. trustworthy guy. He's just, you know, he's never really had a lot of friends. And his yeah. parents hate him. He hates they hate his him, family. They really do. Yeah, they, they not even like, they don't like, like, oh, you know, we don't understand him. Like, they, they hate him. And it's, it's, he's never really had anyone who gave a shit about him until he snuck his way into this cult. <laughs> yeah. And so Henry sits him down and says, well, I got to tell you about the thing. We killed a guy when we tried to summon Dionysus and it worked. Anyway, so the whole, he, the way Henry explains it, and it's never explained at any other point in the plot either, in, in the book either. So you just kind of like say, we all just kind of woke up and there was a De- guy, he was dead, basically like dismembered and just like blood like everywhere. They tore him apart. Well, Henry says that he punched the guy. Yeah, Henry's he version, someone. He's like, I punched something, and I, I didn't. It was an accident. That's how Henry. They were all first seeing makes it. different stuff. Like they saw like a monster or a something. But Henry they, makes it sound balls. like an accident when he first explains it. He's like, oh, it was a you know, that guy was just out there, and I punched him. And it was, an, and I'm just so tough. I killed him. Like he's apparently Nate a big say. dude. Yeah, he's he's a big, big burly guy. But he's but not just like co- not like a Lenny big, just like a big dude. He can't punch a man to death with one hit. It takes him two hits to kill the farmer. Yeah, and then the other ones like rip his arms off. And he's uh, he's disemboweled. So apparently well. they were taking fucking PCP to uh, summon Dionysus. <laughs> That'll get it. That'll get the job done. I'm told. <laughs> so the so this was Henry and Francis and Charles and Camilla because Bunny wasn't there. They they had like 
not taken him along or more like got him so drunk that he just like, you know, didn't participate or whatever it is. He, and he so, came, yeah, he, he, I think he, he wasn't there up. at all that time or that weekend. No, they don't when invite they him. They stopped inviting him because he was a, he was a buzzkill. Sounds like it. Anyway, so he wasn't they committed like, to it because he wasn't trying hard enough. Like they're fasting and eating fucking, you know, fungus they really that believed they found. in it, and he was just a big dick. Which you know, that's why he had to die. <laughs> Reason uh, number two hundred. So the four of them, they are managed to like it because they have a car. So they managed to like, they're in the middle of the woods somewhere and they managed to escape and basically like leave the dead guy and pretend like nothing happened and sort of like just go back to their regular lives or whatever. And the reason why Richard overheard, like we ruined the sheets is actually because like they had the dead guy's blood all over it, something like that. And they had because they they wore the sheets as, um, the chitons, the, like the Greek toga thing. Yeah. Like, Basically trying to imitate, like, the garb of the people. They got into it 100, 100% of the way they could. So, uh, anyways. This my favorite part of the Did book. we say they're pretentious? Oh. They're very pretentious. Very pretentious. <laughs> and my favorite part was when they're, 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 they're reading, like, the news, like, to find out if anyone like, found him. Like, they found, you know, like, whatever his name was, like, Larry McGee, uh, egg farmer. Like, he had no, he had a few enemies in the business. Like, What? Why did he have enemies? <laughs> Chicken farmer. <laughs> like a lot of cocks in that business, you know. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but you never really—you don't really get his name till the very end. Like they it just was, don't care. It it's like he's not away. a person. Like he doesn't matter. It was something like McGee or Mc, Mc McCree. I think McCree. Is what it was, yeah. I just read that part today <laughs> with um, the letter. But they don't care. They do. And, but their big concern is like. Dude, you know how I like the, You know how much trouble we're going to be in. Not only did we kill a guy, but it was on his land, and these fucking libertarian assholes up here will go bananas about that. <laughs> that was oh, these yeah. four rich concern. college kids just murder a guy in the middle of the woods. They won't care but, why. But the fa- but but the, but if it's on his, that they, we we were on someone else's land, as if that's a big deal. On top of the murder, like and trespassing, guys. Like, oh yeah, they're gonna tack on two to three years for that, and that's gonna really be the problem when you're doing life without parole. Is tearing a man's arms off on his land a further viol- violation of the non-aggression principle? <laughs> the pro one of the so the so you find out like that's why everybody's been acting weird. Except here's the bunny figures it out. Bunny happens to see. A news newspaper article in the local newspaper. He doesn't see the first article about the guy being murdered, but he does see the follow-up article two weeks later. Still no, still you know, still no clue as to who killed Dumpster McGee, whatever. I have no idea what his name was, and it doesn't matter because it only comes up like it. it, it uh, and then Bunny's like, wait a minute, wasn't that the night that you guys ditched me and then came back looking really worried? Covered in strawberry jam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and so basically Bunny, who is a fucking absolutely annoying human being, now knows that they murdered somebody. And so Bunny doesn't tell, he doesn't just tell the police right away. He doesn't, you know, call 911. He instead had been using it for the rest of the fall and then over the winter break to get even more money out of Henry. That's why 
Uh, Bunny demanded that Henry bring him to Italy, and apparently in Italy he didn't like the first place they were they had rented, and so he had to rent a fucking palazzo, you know, like a huge like suite, like the the you know the the whatever suite at the big hotel, and all this fancy clothing and suits, like custom Italian suits. And at one point, the bunny came back twenty pounds heavier. From just all the rich food that he's been eating over there on Henry's dime. This was the first part of Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> he did, uh, did a lot of eating, but not much praying or loving. That was the Bacchanal, was the praying and the loving. Because they say, like, did you guys, like, all fuck each other? And they're like, ah, oh, we don't need to get into details. <laughs> but we that got was into a, something. That was a big part of... They well, said there's, there was always a sexual element to these things, wasn't there? And he's like, mm, yeah. There's only like one woman and like three dudes, and one was her brother. How'd that yeah, work? That comes, like, that comes up again later. Yeah, it does. it does. But also, I did um, from my my recollection of history class. Nobody really knows what happened at Bacchanals. Like one of the only prime because these are all part of the well, I mean, mystery part of the word. <laughs> <laughs> but they the the only because um, these are mystery cults like. Shit wasn't written down. Oh, God. They did murder mysteries? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Who killed Thermopolis? And oh, shit. Was well, it that guy with the spear? One thing, which is the play called The Bacchae by Euripides, which is referenced at the very beginning. In fact, yeah. in the very first scene where the very first scene where Richard is actually like in the, the fucking Lyceum studio and they're having their first class and first discussion about grace order they're really talking about the back a which is a play i had to read in college which is about dionysus being like everyone needs to worship me and then there's a big bacchanal and a lot of people die and it's also really complicated and i don't really that well i tried to read the plot synopsis just before this because i had a suspicion that Donna Tartt had modeled the plot of this book off of the plot of the back A. I don't think so, though. Or at least it was so complicated I didn't see <laughs> what was actually going on. So I could still could be wrong about that. I think it's actually just modeled on a Greek tragedy in general. Just sort of like general, like, oh, this is really tragic. Well, the big thing happens halfway through. Yes, yeah. definitely. Sort of, although there's still the an exciting, there's still an exciting like action scene right, right close to well, the end. It's Greek-American. It's like a diner. <laughs> Though the um, Odyssey does have a big, like, dramatic scene right at yeah, the end. Yeah, he murders too. everyone at Wait, the end. Where he murders all the all, all the suitors. All you whores, get out here. And then <laughs> has all the all the all the maids hung for sleeping with the suitors. But the um one of the other sources of a historian is Livy. But Livy talks about the Bacchanals in the context of like, look how shitty and morally corrupt Rome had become. So he probably exaggerated a lot of those details. Rome or Greek? Uh, Rome, but they stole everything from the Greeks. Well, yeah. And, but his like descriptions, like women running around naked in the woods, tearing apart animals with their bare hands and teeth, and then just fucking all night. He's like, it's so hot. But they, um, <laughs> but it has to stop. <laughs> We're morally bankrupt. Does it? You know, do what you want. Think of the bunnies that are there just are being murdered. wolves anyway. <laughs> it does get mentioned in the beginning. And I am sure 
Donna Tartt is way too smart a writer for anything to be here by accident. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it's the back A. They were talking about the back A, and then, which is about Dionysus. Like, literally, he's basically the main character of the play. And then, you know, 100-something pages later, it's like, oh, yeah, we were trying to summon Dionysus, and we murdered a guy. So, clearly, there was a connection. So, Bunny knows. And, of course, so the other four are freaking out that Bunny is going to tell the police on them. And it's almost, like, obvious at this point that, fuck, we just have to, we're going to have to murder Bunny. Because <laughs> he keeps, like, threatening to say shit and, like, getting really close to, to dropping mm-hmm. the dime on them. He's also as they said, a back problem drinker and drug abuser, and they're afraid he's going to, like, just get hammered and just tell someone. Can we also just talk about how he's really dumb? Because uh, one of my favorite parts in the book was this completely unnecessary passage about the paper he wrote. And then, like, he had to write a paper about... This was, this was at the end of the first semester, right? Yeah. He had to write a paper about John Donne. And then... Oh, they, God, yeah. But, but, like, Bunny had, like, only gone to, like, rich kid diploma he went, he went to a bunch of um He went to a bunch of, like special schools because he was dyslexic and this was the 80s and they're just like he's just stupid hit him with a brick but, but he's that also didn't rich, work surprisingly so. they also find out when he's that he's like two years older than everybody else because he got left back which you know not it's terrible but he's also an unlikely unlikable character so i don't care that yeah. he writes this paper on john dunn and he's like writing on it's like pages and pages of shit that he's written and, and they're like tell me what you think of this it's it's great and they're like um, I feel like you need to talk more about John Dunn in this paper. You're talking a whole <laughs> lot about this other guy. And he's like, no, that's, it's important. Uh, it needs to be there. And then he tells, it's, it's about metahemeralism. And they're like, that's not a thing. It's Henry in this highlighted part. He says, I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Bunny would say brokenly. <laughs> Got to do with art or pastoralism or something. That's how I got to tie together John Dunn and Isaac Walton, see? <laughs> like, he's just, he's a total moron. Or it could have been a PhD thesis. That's true. Um, <laughs> it could, that's the kind of level of no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. That could be that. But but it's just that he is so, another part of his character, he's so obnoxious and, like, confident that, He's like, this is my ideas are are infallible, and so I'm going to do that. So he gets into his head. They fucked me by not inviting me to the bacchanal. He's not even mad that they killed a the guy. He's mad that he wasn't invited. And now it's like his honor has been slighted, and it just goes to you know. I don't know. I just feel like he's a shitbag. He's yeah, yeah. Nate, you don't think? What do you think? Oh, he was the fucking worst. Like literally. <laughs> Although one thing this book well, no does Judy have Poovey. in common with the goldfinch that it's like, oh, fucking rich people problems. Oh, I guess if you have a lot of money, life is still pretty fucking hard. Jeez. Jeez. A lot of these, Look at all these kids things. are A lot of these kids are pretending to be rich. The only one who's actually rich is Henry and Francis. Yeah. Yeah, the twins aren't... They're not poor. They're no, not middle. But they're, they're not they're, rich. They're, like, they're doing better than any of us were, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, they're going to a fancy you know, private college, but they're not like living it up. They're, you know, still also kind of living off the rich kids, but not as brazenly or as like mean about it. 
Well, they have their own, like, shitty apartment in town. But the problem of, like, Francis went to withdraw the $150,000 from his trust fund to find out that mom had already withdrawn all of it for me. That's one of the mm. parts of the conflict. It's like, wow, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wait till January 1st to get more money? Ugh. To get another $150,000 out of my trust fund? Oh, no. Because he no. was only, he and his mother were only able to take like, 3% of the they principal. Were, you yeah. could withdraw. You, you got a monthly stipend anyway, but you could also withdraw up to 3% of the principal. 3% was $150,000. So Damn. that's. In 1986. That's how much, yeah, exactly. How that's much like was a that? billion dollars. I can't do that math. It is millions and millions of dollars <laughs> in that trust fund. So it says $5 million. Yeah. Five bajillion dollars. It's five million dollars in nineteen eighty whatever dollars. So it's a lot of money. I'm gonna trust you in the math because I don't know how to do any of it. Just add two zeros. Five hundred. Mm. Five million. Oh, all right. Bunny sucks. <laughs> so uh, clearly, Bunny knows, and Bunny's gonna say something to somebody. And so clearly, Henry has is hatching a plan to murder Bunny. And his first plan is to. Poison him with mushrooms by yeah. like, hey, I found these mushrooms for you in the woods. Aren't <laughs> they, they going to be delicious? delicious? <laughs> they're trying to calculate like, because they know bunnies just going to eat a lot more than anybody else. What if they just all ate them and everybody got kind of sick, but he ate so many that he died. Maybe that's how they can murder him. So but like then, so they go to ask. <laughs> but Richard, he does an experiment <laughs> to test the theory. He's like, oh yeah, because uh, because for like a hot second, Richard was like a pre med student, right, or pre veterinary. For, for approximately one year, he was he was a biology major for being a doctor. So he took you know the basic stuff. He knows the Krebs and his cycle. His response was like, I don't know anything about any of this. But but like, he, better they, go they, kill a dog. They have been they apparently like, yeah, there's a line that they have they have put unwanted unwarranted confidence in that one year of biology like they go to him with their <laughs> medical questions that's because like, they're all classics majors they don't know that college can be good for actual things too the, the only medicine they know is from galen <laughs> so they just know the roman medicine guy anyway is the imbalance of the humors in these mushrooms i think that's the humors guy yeah. he's the guy that came up with that yeah yeah that's the only that's the only and that was the there was. only medicine for the next two millennium so he he's he did pretty he good says, for millennia. So. sorry so he goes the wrong like, case. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Fucking Richard. I like, can't remember his name because he barely matters. Richard Papen. Is Papen? Is that what it is? P-A-P-E-N. Uh, okay. Not Papen. It's not Papen French. ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes like, what if I told you I have a substance that I can now, a, a decent amount of it uh, doesn't kill a dog, but <laughs> a little bit more of it does kill a dog? <laughs> He's like, so that's not chocolate? really how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Hershey's bar. Like we we use moles <laughs> to measure in moles, and then and like fucking moles. Oh, how God. big is a mole? And he's like, yeah. And, and he's like, just like a chihuahua. <laughs> I just know it, some won't kill a dog, but a little more will. <laughs> that was his experiment. The cerebral Henry, <laughs> who's busy reading like Acadian texts, and then he's like, let me One just think of parts about was he was translating poetry into he was translating. Paradise Lost Milton, yeah. into Latin. 
because cases make the text more ordered and structural, which he thought was better for the poetic stuff in it, which I had questions about because I feel like that would make the poetry less good. It's the sort of pretentious bullshit a classics major would say. Somebody who's yeah. enamored with the Greeks and the Romans, because Greek and Roman poetry, there's so much restriction about meter and how many fucking feet long a line is and shit like that, that they would could easily be like, oh, this is the the, the paragon of poetry. And I think Mil- I think Paradise Lost is like, is it iambic pentameter? I'm not sure what it is, but it doesn't rhyme and yeah. shit like that. I just thought I it was think it does, like if you're trying to like po- like modern poetry or like even not modern but all the non-case language poetry you could make arguments for like what words are referring to and so there's more interpretation like more vague or interesting meanings but he's like this is the it's the the case matches so that's what it has to be so I think the thing that made that makes to to classics folk the Greek and Roman poetry so beautiful is that there's all these other things they do about not just like accent, but you, um, alliteration and shit like that, and these other kind of rhetorical techniques, I guess. Mm. But it does remind me when Bunny wrote his shitty paper. They're like, "Dude, what? How did you type this?" He's like, "Triple spaced it," <laughs> 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 and he goes, "Kind of looks like free verse, doesn't it?" I'm like, "This is a research paper." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, to be in college and try to turn in a triple-spaced paper. It's not even an option in Word. Two and a half spacing is. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> and they can't really tell the difference between 12 and 13 size font. You just got a big printer. Apparently, there's a <laughs> font you can download that looks like Times New Roman, except it's just everything's just a little bit bigger, so it'll just takes up a bit more space. <laughs> so your five-page paper, you just don't have to write as much on it. I believe it. So anyway, back to the book. So what do they do? Is they're like, oh, boy, we're going to have to fucking murder him. And they finally like hatch a plan to push him down a mountain because they know <laughs> that he takes a walk every day. And so this is literally what the prologue, what... what the prologue is like, yeah, he came around the corner. He was coming around the mountain, and we just pushed him <laughs> off the mountain. And then it was like, he was like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And then, boom, they, and then he's dead. So, End of section. Yep. And anyway, so they finally are like, we know we have a plan. He's, we know he's going to take a walk. And he's, but it's like, oh, no. They go, so at, I think at first, Richard wasn't going to be there to do it. No, he, Except he that had to he's be like, there. but he then he goes like, he went to a party instead, guys. He's not going to be here. But then he goes on his walk and his Sunday afternoon walk anyway. His constitutional. Yes. With a What's beer, with, with a rolling rock. No wonder he he's had to be murdered. to roll down and hit a rock. That's <laughs> <laughs> foreshadowing. Yes, exactly. So finally they like do the thing and they push him down. They literally push him off this ledge and he dies definitely like breaks his neck uh but then they think his body's just going to be found the next day but it isn't because it snows really really heavily even though it's already april which happens in new england or they call it new england winter (laughs) precisely (laughs) which is henry's last name was it yeah henry winter the only last name i remember was uh uh, francis was abernathy (laughs) because it's just it's a funny last name 
That is a funny last name. Because uh, well, Norm Macdonald had a bunch of jokes with that name. <laughs> and then the body isn't found because it's covered in snow. And after about five days, they're like, maybe we should call his girlfriend and ask, hey, have you seen him? Because or else, if we're not acting funny, if we're not like wondering where curious he is about where he is, then we're going to be immediately, you know, it's going to be immediately, we're going to have all the suspicion uh, placed on us. And so they're like, call her. And it's like, have you seen him? And she's like, no, but my friend said she saw him at the bank yesterday, which of course he didn't because he was dead. Um, and they're like, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then after another couple days, they get the drug dealer dude to like open the window of his first floor dorm room to like walk in. And but it's all in service of pretending like they're worried about him to pretend like, oh, uh, we haven't seen him for a while. We're a little bit worried. Maybe we should try and figure out what's going on. And then there's all the stuff with the drug dealer. And the FBI agents are coming well, they, to town. So what they do is they go into the room and they see that, oh, no, all his stuff is here. His wallet is still here. And there's no way he just, like, skipped town for a week or whatever. And there's so they mirror call. mirror full of cocaine. Yeah, there's the cocaine <laughs> mirror. They... And everybody's freaked out afterwards. Like, oh my God, my prints are all over that. Uh, they, um, anyway, they finally, somebody calls the campus security and campus security calls the police or in something like that. And the police guy's like, he's been missing for five days. And you're only giving a shit about this now. And then the, and the college is going to try and like, you know, not get sued. And then it turns into like a mystery you know, like, oh, well, okay, what is happening? This is very strange. And the FBI gets called in, but not right away. Because the, the, the PD in this town is like one old guy and a bunch of old donuts. <laughs> and Bunny's family is rich. <laughs> or, you know, pretend rich. They're still so, like, they make a big scene. They're, they're in like, they have like a lot of media attention. I a was nice white boy has gone missing. Yeah. I was picturing kind of like uh, the police captain guy in no country for old men he's just like ah oh, fuck this shit again <laughs> yeah <laughs> except much These less capable fucking dumb college students yeah definitely and then the fbi it was tommy lee jones yeah, yeah, yeah. Was tommy, yeah. tommy lee jones and then the fbi comes because you know there's this rich white kid who's missing so the whole media has to do a thing wasn't it like was it oprah <laughs> was like where is he no i guess that was, maybe that was I think sally else. jesse Raphael. i forget yeah. what i think it was it might have been sally jesse and so anyway, it becomes a big thing. It becomes a big thing because his family, while they're not actually rich, they pretend to be rich or they know rich people. And so there's a big search, and then the town is organizing like you know a daily like let's search in the forest. Oh, where where do they search? <laughs> in the forest. forest. Oh, this is cold. Stainless forest, and it's a double yeah. win. I win the beer tonight, guys, because it's stainless forest double IPA from. Burlington Beer Company, which is located in Vermont. New Hampshire. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) As if you know which one is which on a map. Uh, Uh, Vermont's on the left, I think. Vermont actually is on the left, isn't it? It is, yes. (laughs) In all ways. (laughs) Yeah. That's a very left and very right. True statement. This is stainless forest. And it is a double IPA from Burlington. Now it I have is. to pee. You're just thinking you know, of Burlington. You have to pee in the forest. You don't have to do any work. You get pee on a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
if you could. <laughs> if, if you I, could, I, I, you've I, earned I, it. I would absolutely do it if I could. Oh absolutely. That squirrel was asking for it. It came that close. <laughs> I heard you're into nuts, squirrel. <laughs> Check these out. Gotcha. I'm just... <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I'm yeah, so it's... tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's very stupid. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what we're here for. <laughs> so the beer is good. Uh, tastes almost as good as getting away with murder, which they're doing almost. so far. <laughs> and then we meet. Then this this part goes on for a, a pretty long time. Uh, like the... uh, we've only read other one other. But I'm going to say, like all Donna Tart books, it goes on a very long time. That's that's a kind of thing for this book. That's the only thing that kept me from giving it uh, five stars. I really enjoyed it, and after a while, I was like, mm, "Does this need to be here?" Especially the part of the funeral that just went on forever with mm. Bunny's family and shit. Well, after yeah, they they find his body eventually, and they're like, "Oh, it's it's pretty obvious he just fell." Right, this is after a long passage where they're like, "Oh, the they don't fence. find his body for they find him for they don't find his body for ten days." Well, because he's covered in snow. Yeah, snow melts and they finally find it. And but but the feds were like putting together a case, and they're like, "Oh," and and the 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 on campus drug dealer guy. So like, I bet it's these guys down in Chinatown. Yeah, whatever city it was. He got all his coke from a dealer in Chinatown, New York. And he's like, it's possible that Bunny went down there acting like some sort of big shot asshole and pissed off guys and they just fucking murdered him. Or they're holding him, you know, for ransom or something like that. But it was just total, you know that wasn't true. But that just was in there for a while. But ultimately it's over and the feds are like, we don't care anymore. It's not a kidnapping. It's not a, you know, whatever. Now it's a local small town murder. Not our jurisdiction. Peace out. Or just a drunk guy falling off a ledge. Right. Um, which is what everybody immediately settles on, as you said, and they're like, "Great, back to back to our regularly scheduled programming." And then you have a hundred and fifty pages of going to Bunny's house for the funeral to meet his family, and they're all trash, total assholes. What a surprise! The, you know, the apple the, you think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, or the turd doesn't fall far from the asshole. Oh, uh, what's what <laughs> from I was the thinking? shit tree? <laughs> Um, and then, now I'm just Nate. You better stop because I'm just going to start thinking of shit tree puns right now, <laughs> and we're going to be sick of more of those real fast. So, uh, th- like, um, like, like a Greek tragedy, Aspen. the main murder happens exactly halfway through, and then, or more like because the Greeks believed in sim- geometry and symmetry, they thought the rising action of the story needs to peak right in the middle. And then with the big exciting event, and then decline, you know, after that. And so you've got, and this book Just is like five hundred ladies. <laughs> and this book is five hundred and seventy-seven pages, which means like two hundred and two hundred seventy-five. Anyway, it's almost three hundred pages. pages. It's almost three hundred pages until. The murder happens, but then it's almost another 300 pages of just like, oh, we're trying to get out of it now. And it basically everything starts to go wrong. Everyone is so upset after they murder Bunny. And then they try and just act like nothing is nothing is the problem, but clearly it is a problem. And then Charles becomes a total 
alcoholic. Even more of an alcoholic. Yeah, even more of an alcoholic. And then he gets in a big fight with Henry, but then he's like driving Henry's car and gets a DUI, which is apparently a thing because Henry calls Richard what and says, you mean says, that's Can apparently you? a thing? In Vermont <laughs> in the 80s? That's pretty difficult. No, no. <laughs> right. What I mean is because Henry calls Richard and says, can you go bail him out? Here's a blank check. Well, it Henry just, does this a lot to Richard. It's like, here, I need you to do a thing for me. And they range from, you know, just mundane bullshit to this more serious thing because they all kind of see Richard as like the poor shithead guy. Even though Bunny's the only one that figured out that Richard wasn't actually rich. Like there's a scene where, where Bunny keeps pressing Richard on what prep school he went to and Richard obviously is lying. I think I think Henry knew he just didn't care. Right, but he figured it out, but it wasn't important to him. Or was it later important? There to was him? something he could use, but it was it wasn't something like he he never cared about him being rich to begin with because he doesn't care about anything. So Henry, uh, I mean, so Richard, like bails out Charles, but then Charles he brings Charles also gets like super drunk. Keeps he's a very very much an alcoholic, and Rick kind of brings him back and he helps him get home one night and then stays there. And in the morning. Charles just goes and starts making out with his twin sister and is like, well, that was weird. And then asks Henry Not later. Just no, that, Francis. He's also like... He's also, Francis tries to fuck him. A couple oh, yeah. times. And then Francis says, oh, yeah, no, Charles and I fuck sometimes. But then Charles tries to pretend that, oh, I was so drunk I didn't remember. But then also, you know, and then... uh Richard asks Francis, do you think Charles and Camilla ever fuck? And of course, because everyone's in, in love with Camilla. They're like, oh, yeah. He's like, yep. Yeah, I think they do. Like, oh, well, that's weird. And then this whole thing about they get in a fight and Camilla moves out. And then Charles freaks out. And then the important yeah, part is. Fucking Henry. And, and that kind of stuff, that really doesn't matter. That kind of whole part of the play didn't need, uh, not of the play, it's not a Greek play, it's not a Greek tragedy. The part of the book didn't need to be there. It was just needed to be there to pad the pages so that the murder could still happen in the middle. <laughs> this is one of my problems with the book. It's like this, all of this stuff didn't need to happen. The really, the important part is that Julian, the professor, finds a letter in his mailbox and he had but the mailbox but the letter had actually been put into the next door mailbox by accident and had sat there for months and then but the letter was from bunny he had written it in italy or either in italy or on the stationery from the hotel in italy that said they murdered somebody i think they're gonna murder me he goes through all the detail he goes through yeah Definitely a lot of detail and sends it to Julian, but Julian doesn't get it until now. He thinks after it's a forgery. Dead. He's like, oh, because it, it gets put in the wrong mailbox or something. He's like, this must be some sort of laughable forgery. A Someone prank. just, yeah, a prank of some sort. But then he notices and that. And they had that thing in there earlier about how Charles was like an expert forger. And you think, oh, is that, is that a thing? What's, how, what's, the, what's the plan here? I was like, nope, nope didn't matter. Nope. It was convenient for something else. It was convenient so they could uh, could write like get out of get out of school notes. Well, so they could um, 
because Richard all this time is still working on the campus, even though it's so he's doing work study. <laughs> he still he still works in some office, being a bitch for some professor. Yeah, and he has everyone just to explain how Richard has any money because he's poor. Uh, it's Francis is forging his time cards or something at one point or another that happens that gets mentioned. Mm. Also, was it his? Was I don't, I'm not sure if he worked for this professor, but there was the one professor in the beginning of the book he, who taught the class like invariant spaces. And oh, yeah. And I think, one. was that the one he worked for or was that just a different professor? No, that was a different, different, that was the one, the, his, his professor was a big old nerd and he was talking to a guy who was also a big old nerd <laughs> whose final essay, whose final test was always just a three page long question. The answer was just Yes. It was, it was always a yes, yes or, or no, no question. Yes. <laughs> the answer was always yes. It was like <laughs> theoretical physics or something. Invariant spaces or something. That's the name of the fuck club. that means. It's bullshit. <laughs> Nate looks mad. Nate knows what it is. What is invariant no, spaces? No, I have no idea what that means. But this is, I was, <laughs> what I was thinking is, again. <laughs> this is one of the stories that is probably like, kind, probably Donna Tartt heard that from a real thing at college like she this is this this is the kind of like detail that was probably true of mm. bennington it probably really was like that they probably did have a professor who really did have bit. a a test that was the question was three page long and pages long and the answer was yes <laughs> that was probably true anyway so this whole like this whole like note that Bunny had actually sent drives the end of the plot where because everybody freaks out and then Julian figures out that oh this is written on the stationery that you that you guys you two stayed at in Italy and so this can't no one else would know about that that couldn't possibly be a forgery therefore what it says is true Julian just leaves he's like oh I quit sorry gotta go he goes it would be best to give it well they they. They they realize at first, but they're not clever enough. They being Richard and Francis, I think, to to steal that one page that's on the different paper. So they go back, and Henry's in there, and they're like, "Henry, it's important." Ixnay on the Ederlay, and then <laughs> Julian. That's Latin, sees right? It. It, yeah, it's Latin. <laughs> and then oh, they're classic majors. I think it's a pig declension. Yeah, <laughs> the porkative uh, case. <laughs> But they, um, the ablative of swine. <laughs> but Henry is like, oh, hmm, what do you mean? What's so important? Because Henry's a dick. And then Julian note grabs, they, like, he's like looking like laser eye, like uh, Richard's like trying to beam his attention to the letter, like, Henry, it's important. And then Julian picks up on it finally. And then he reads it and he goes, it would be best if I gave this to you. And then he fucking leaves. He's like, you guys, I don't want to be involved in this mess. And then uh, Richard talks about afterwards. It's like, because Julian's a fucking dickhead and only cared about his image and just didn't want to have his name dragged into this. So he just made up some bullshit like, oh, the State Department called me away. I can't be here. Um, He was always worried about um, uh, jihadis coming to get him for teaching the princess of... Is Rahim the daughter of the Shah? Yes, who really was a student at the college at the time, uh, at the same time as Donna Tart. So hmm. that was real. And then everyone is freaking out, like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do?" And then Camilla <laughs> moves out, 
I'm and just then, looking up. I was trying to figure out what the name of the fake country is, which is, is Rami. So I was like, I'm pretty sure it's is Rami. I-S-R-A-M-I. And I type that in. And you know how Google's like, this is what... Is, is what Rami you, Malik something? Is Rami Malik gay is the, is the <laughs> autocorrect for is Rami one word. <laughs> <laughs> is Rami Malik gay? Okay. Yeah. I, get it now. I was like, what? I couldn't picture it. <laughs> And what is the answer? I didn't get, I I just, I didn't let it autocorrect. He just is. (laughs) Is Rami Malik? I think a very uh, philosophical, like, uh, (laughs) I think therefore I is Rami. Is he? Is he? How could I know? Sorry, this is so stupid. (laughs) So, um, Camilla had moved out and which was my freaking Charles out, which means that Richard had to go to the hotel to like tell her something. And then Henry, and then they're like, and then Charles is there. Oh yeah. They got the Charles was like trying to dry him out because he was like incredibly drunk at one point. And basically Henry shows up with a gun, shoots Richard and then kills himself. Basically more or less. Charles shows up with a gun. And in the scuffle, Richard is shot. Henry takes it and then shoots himself. And nobody cares when Richard is shot. Yeah, they're like because he's, he's poor. like, hey, exactly. you, sh- hey, he shot me, and they're like, oh, really? Well, they're like, what are we gonna do about the broken lamp or something? <laughs> and he's like, I'm fucking bleeding. It's and a like, Tiffany. Oh, yeah. Well, they're at the fancy inn. The Emberdale or the Ember Grease or whatever the fuck it was called. And why is there a fucking incredibly fancy hotel in Podunk, Vermont? Who knows? Because um, like because tourism is the only industry they have there. About Ben and Jerry's maple syrup, <laughs> <laughs> ice cream, maple syrup, and tourism. Yeah, that's just about it. And fish and, concerts and the Alchemist uh, Brewery. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a place the other day that they were selling Alchemist cans. It was Thirteen dollars a can. When you go there, the four pack is thirteen dollars. Amazing. The four pack is thirteen dollars. Yeah. When I went last time, I went there was like twelve oh, fifty a four pack. It's Vermont. They still use like doubloons and wampum. You could barter with them. <laughs> I'll give you fifteen cowl neck sweaters. That's worth eleven beers. <laughs> so then, yeah, they don't give a fuck that Richard is shot, and they're just. And Henry kills himself. And then takes the one for the team. Even though he was the one that kind of fucked everything up. Um, but then the. But he um, was the one most obsessed with uh, Greek ideals like sacrifice and butt play. And butt play. No, Ask. that was Francis. <laughs> <laughs> They're like a, like a special uh, operations team. Everyone had their specialty. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a short, like, final chapter where. You know, it's three years later, and Richard has broken up with his girlfriend and then goes to see Francis. He gets a note from Francis, and Francis says, yep, I, what a world, what a world. And then Fran, and then Richard's like, oh, I immediately got on the plane to Boston and turned out he wasn't, he didn't actually kill himself. And then he tried. He tried, and then he sees Camilla, and he's like, Camilla, will you marry me? And she's like, no, I, I just can't, sorry. I only fuck brothers. No, she said, I'm in love with Henry. And he goes, I love Henry too. And she says, it's not enough. That's what she says. Because he just says, after three years basically of not talking, he's like, she's already got to go. And he's like, don't leave. 
I don't want you to leave. She goes, I don't want to leave either. He goes, marry me. Let's get married right now. And she's like, that'd be nice and all, but no. And then because she's holding the you know, candle for, for Henry, his big nerdy cock apparently that she can't uh, give up on. <laughs> and they definitely are imagining that they see him. They're like, I thought I saw him the other day. They're imagining things and saying oh, that yeah. they... That they that they saw him. I saw him. This or in the dreams and stuff like that. It ends on a dream, which for a novel of this length is a bold choice. Yeah, it just kind of fizzles. Like here's a. Well, you know, it reminded me of actually we mentioned it earlier. No Country for Old Men. How the movie ends. I don't remember if it's how the book ends. That's how the book ends too. It's the same speech. When the guy's like, "Oh, I had a dream last night," and the wife's like, "Yeah, I know. You got up to pee eleven times. You're old." And then uh, he's like, "I shouldn't be sheriff anymore." And that's the end of the book. And here he just has a dream. Like, I had a dream I saw Henry. And he was like, I'm in, you know, hell, heaven, or wherever. And, um, you know, looking at history stuff. And he's like, can I come too? And he's like, no. That's <laughs> <The end. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> really what happens. <laughs> Go away, mortal. <laughs> I'm busy looking at pictures of the Parthenon. <laughs> and that's Yeah, what- that's it. So then it ends. So what was the secret history? So I looked up on Wikipedia, and the original <laughs> title of the book was The Master of Illusion, or Master of no, Illusions. the Gods of Illusion. Was it the Gods of Illusions? Neither is much better. There were no illusions. Oh, the illusions. God of Illusions, you're right. Because that's one of the names of Dionysus. Mm. But, like, Henry was clearly the one who was... I mean, there's everybody... Illusioning. A lot of Everybody's illusioning. Richard's pretending to be rich, but he's really not. He pretends to like have it together, but he's also like fucking. There are pa- passages where he like sleeps for twenty four hours because he just yeah. gets so high and drunk and he can't function. But like, those and when just all his like, friends are gone, it, he goes into a like, massive depressive episode and just zombie walks through life for two months. So he's you know there's illusion there. Henry's pretending to be this you know academic erudite. Yeah. But he's actually uh, a murderer and a sociopath. And he says at one point, "Is that the only time he like, when he killed that guy? It was only after that that he was able to feel, feel something. Yeah, it moved. I got an erection. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> then Julian, the professor guy, is presenting as this like super, you know, just cultured guy, but he's a total pussy and doesn't actually care. Maybe but, it's a thing about." academia versus the real world where he's like oh all these incredible things that they did and it's like but you try and do it one time and it's like Ooh, i gotta get the fuck out of town right because he's the one that's always talking about the greek ideals of loyalty and sacrifice and your city your polis or whatever the them. fuck and he's like no that's i'm feeling a little bit of heat now i read one confession letter i gotta go whatever the greek equivalent of deuces and then he had he just, my uh, <laughs> favorite line in the book though besides the uh, egg farmer and enemies. <laughs> um, we were talking about how Bunny was being like kind of a dick and uh, how he was, how his girlfriend was like uh, religious oh, and maybe he was going to convert him. And Julian said, because uh, she wasn't sure if that, he wasn't sure if Bunny's girlfriend, Marion, was Presbyterian or Catholic. And Julian said, well, whatever one, Ro- one thinks of the Roman church it is a worthy and powerful foe. I could accept that sort of conversion with grace. But I shall be very disappointed indeed if we lose him to the Presbyterians. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know enough about Presbyterianism to know who should be more insulted in that exchange, but... The Presbyterians. This book did also have uh, my, if not my most favorite, certainly the most recent message, uh, passage of cat diarrhea I've read in a while. (laughs) (laughs) This week. That's right. uh, At least this week. Where, um... You don't even own a cat. The book, the whole book has a lot of interesting details like this. But when Charles has a stray cat that he gets and it escapes and it clearly wants to kill everybody... And they're in the car, and it escapes, and it's, like, running around by the gas pedals of the cars they're driving. And they're like, oh, my God, we're going to die. And then it uh, it settled, it being the cat, it settled on the floorboard by my feet, succumbing to an attack of diarrhea before falling into a glaring, prickle-haired trance. So that's, that's, that's great writing. Wait, wait, a trance? <laughs> you mean, like, Dionysus? Oh, man. Oh, maybe the, the cat, cat was Dionysus the whole time. Dionysus. If you see it, if I saw a god, I might shit my pants, and uh, I guess that's what the happened. The cat wasn't wearing thing. any, so. It didn't say it wasn't. I mean, he might have like been one of those weird people who put clothes on their, their pets. If you, can put straight, if you can put pants on a stray cat, you have, you must be wearing full body armor. You have won. You are, you are the master. Uh, you are a god. You are the captain now. Uh, but it's a bit of like the title thing, like the god of illusions, like, there's a mention of that at some point in the book of like God of Illusion or Master of Illusion or something like that. But they're all, nobody is who they claim to be. and Or nobody is who Richard at least presents them to be because he's an unreliable narrator. So I, thought that was, so I thought that title was interesting at least. But the secret history, I have no fucking idea what that is a reference to. Maybe it's the secret well, okay. that the, the history novel class has. is sort of... <laughs> The novel, the, the book itself is sort of like mentioned as, I'm telling you as Richard telling the readers, here's what really happened back at college. And because they don't get My caught at the history. End. They all just kind of like go about, their, go about their lives. Even after two people, three people died. Two murders and one suicide. And they're just kind of like going on as if nothing happened. Not, not, I mean, they're pretending as if nothing happened. But the secret history is the secret history of what really happened at Bennington or whatever it's called, yes. Hampton. That makes sense, but I don't like that. Yeah, no, because not either w- was the phrase secret history ever uttered even once in the entire book? I don't think so. And nor is it, the book isn't framed as, here's this, I mean, it is a little bit framed as, here's the secret thing I'm letting you in on, but it's not important. It's not like that was merely a, like, this is my diary. I'm telling you that that you're reading now, and this is what's happening. It's really just like, oh, yeah, I remember those days and what they were like as sort of like a wistful remembrance. It's not like this is a secret and everybody thought this was happening, but it isn't really, it's it. It isn't really what hap- w- way the book is framed. It's not really a good title. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, I, I agree. The title doesn't really doesn't really fit for for me. But you know, it's a fucking popular book, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whatever. The God of Illusion is a fucking even more pretentious title, though. So yeah. So what do you think of it, Nate? So I thought it was fine. I think I did like it more than. The Goldfinch, or maybe at least, I mean, I have always wondered since we did that episode whether I was too harsh on the Goldfinch. Although that 
because people really like that book. And the people really like this one too. People really like Secret History and Goldfinch. This even more. This is a much bigger cultish kind of following at this. I mean, it's been around for 30 years almost. I There's mean, a lot. I mean, the person who recommended it said it's her favorite book. So I did like it. And what I'm trying to say is I was also considering the whole time while I was reading it. Did I? Why, how did it compare to the Goldfinch? And it has been a couple years. Was it like three so I guess I don't remember it that well, but Has it been Goldfinch three? just went on for w- since we did the Goldfinch. Maybe two. I don't know. What is time? Maybe, yeah, right. I believe time it's a is flat a flat circle. circle. <laughs> there, a lot has happened since we yeah. did the Goldfinch. That's what I will say. Because I remember yeah. talking with superfan Eli at <laughs> Pastry Town, and he was oh, like, shit. you know, I don't, I, that, that episode wasn't the best. And I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I think you're right. But um, and then because everything us, shut down. The book. Everything <laughs> shut down for the pandemic the next day. Anyway, Never my point me. is, the Goldfinch just had too much annoying shit. But I can't remember out. right now exactly why I was so annoyed by it. But this had less of that. Although I will say, it would it. She was trying to go for the symmetry thing where the murder is right in the middle. That's the dramatic part, and though it's fifty percent of the book has to be after that part. But you know what? It didn't have to. Not all those things needed to happen. It no, really didn't. And even though out. it was still less annoying than the goldfinch, much less annoying. It didn't have to do all those things. The goldfinch was. I guess it was probably longer than this, but it was also, it felt longer because it, you know, took place over decades and there was like a childhood and then a teenage years and then an adult thing that took forever. And like the, the tie of it all together of the painting was pretty slim, but it just felt like kind of disconnected and it was so fucking long. This at least had one point. That was like a bunch of things happening throughout the guy's life. It was like, there's going to be a murder. Then explained, like, it took a long time to say how here's why we have to murder this guy. Then they murdered him. And then here's how we're trying to not get caught for the murder. All all in the space of about one year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a year at Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. Just as magical. Yeah, I think the the thing with the goldfinch, I don't know if we we were this articulate about it, but like the whole thing was the guy's life mirrored, you know, the the painting of the bird chained to the thing, it, it can only go where it's led to and that was his life. You I got it at the end. And then like they explain it like and she explains like and by the way, here's what all that here's what this all meant. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, thanks. This didn't do that." Like have the big tell all ending didn't hold your hand. Yeah, which I guess I like. You know, and then you could you could you could draw a lot of different conclusions to it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, especially if you know a little bit about the Greeks, about fate. There's a lot of different like little lines that seem like throwaway lines about fate in the book, but what are they? No, no, I'm sure that she took like a decade to write this book. She Nothing to write each of her books. Yeah, nothing no no word in this book was not agonized over i'm sure you know so all that stuff there that any anything that seems like an allusion to greek classic stuff is definitely there so that's like fun stuff to read through but in terms of like what's this book about that i don't know you know like the goldfinch was about 
this destiny thing. But here, it's not about Greek classic shit. It's that's just that's like the 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 screen to project something else onto. Is it about college in the eighties? You mean like Plato's allegory of the cave? Oh yeah, is this like you know like great literature will be on the surface about something, but there's often like a deeper message or something like that. And and you know at the start we talked about Brett Easton Ellis and the other kind of brat pack writers that Donna Tart sort of gets lumped in with, but she's seen as so much more literary than that, you know, that I feel like this is, there must be more to it than this is just like, I wanted to write a cool story about college kids that was kind of Greek. So I'm not sure what, if there's something more there, or I'm just expecting something that I shouldn't be expecting. Is there a moral? Is there There a super objective that we're not seeing? There was one chunk in the beginning that I wrote down, I went and searched for why they said this, like what the context was. Um, the thing I wrote down was the more cult. This is uh, I went back and found it was uh, they were in class with Julian. This is what Julian said about um, why we. Well, it's bad for fancy intelligent people to try and you know get rid of the primitive version of themselves. And said why. The more cultivated a person is, the more intelligent, the more repressed, then the more he needs some method of channeling the primitive impulses he worked so hard to subdue. Otherwise, those powerful old forces will mass and strengthen until they are violent enough to break free, more violent for the delay, often strong enough to sweep the will away entirely. Which is Dionysus. Dionysus mm. is the god of wine and dancing and generally cutting Fuckery. loose. Um Later in the loose? in the eighteen hundreds, Nietzsche has this whole oh. conception of Apollo versus Dionysus, and that societies have two different sides to them: Apollo being the side of order, and Dionysus being the side of not chaos exactly, but like you know, you could say freedom, destructuring, enrapturement, or something like that. Is what di- like Apollo is logic, and Getting Dionysus down is with like emotion, self. essentially. Yeah. Right. So, getting freaky. And anyway, what the quote you just said is really like the primitive man cut it, letting loose. That's that's the Dionysus part. But it's also about these fancy academic weirdos, which is a very ordered, logical, structured, yeah, you know, studying ancient Greek and like putting stuff into declensions, and they are just like so fucking uptight, and then. They party a little too hard and tear a man into pieces. There's also the contrast of like the old money fuckers who are like, oh, that's, you don't look at the help. And then the (laughs) fucking West Coast poor guy that all they're like, hey, do you know about surfing? (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's also a big distinction there too. You're going to stretch this further. If we were in a yeah. high school, if we were in a high school or college uh, colloquium, we could just keep riffing on these. I'm sure there's plenty of them. Now Nietzsche said that societies need both. They need Apollo and they need Dionysus. But it's weird when I took that German class with all those German kids, they were like Nietzsche said we only need one type of person, <laughs> and uh, I feel like it was neither of these. 
A certain kind of mensch, but definitely not another <laughs> kind of mensch. <laughs> and then every time uh, a uber mensch, don't <laughs> yeah. mention it. <laughs> don't uber mention it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was the secret code. <laughs> I don't know. Is Donna Tart saying that one is better than the other? Is that what she's saying? I think she's saying don't be so fucking uptight, or you might rip a man's arms off in the woods when you do a bunch of meth. You know, where Henry, where Henry like, says, like, I can finally feel something. This is way better after we fucking murdered that guy. Yeah. Even though Henry had been indulged in, like, every way you could be in a person's life. Like, he was a super spoiled rich kid. They're like, do you want to do what? You want to go study and learn, like, ancient Dravidian languages for a year? Okay, cool, dude. You go do that. I mean, he was spoiled in that way, but he wasn't, like... Spoiled like Bunny was. Like he really just wanted to learn stuff and just be left alone to read books. Respectable goal. Yeah. Oh, there's more beer in here. Sweet. Um, it's a miracle. Dionysus is with us. But did you need 560 pages or whatever it is to know that doing meth will make you kill a man in the woods? <laughs> like, did... Unless you've actually done meth, then maybe. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't need any pages. I don't know. It's I, long. It's too long. I That's liked it a are. lot. I liked the first half a lot more than the second half. Or the, or maybe it's like the middle, like the third quarter I really didn't like. Like up to Bunny's death, I'm like, oh, this is great. Then it's like, ooh, this is like going backwards. It's so slow. And then the last pit, maybe my fractions are not very good right now. Maybe like the last eighth <laughs> is good again. Um, the first five-eighths. I need to switch into like a the base 12 system to really are... explain my thoughts on the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was all good. It was just every part was a little bogged down, much like Goldfinch was. Though Goldfinch, you could just cut chapters. This You could have just cut like every other paragraph. That's a lot. You didn't, I mean, <laughs> that's, I, that's, I don't, that's I, half I don't, of the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have cut out. But I'm not saying, like, it wasn't like there were sections that were, like, dumb or wrong. It's just like each part was, it just, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, you don't, you don't need everything, but it's okay to have a little room. I can appreciate why, like, because it's about these kids learning ancient Greek that she would model the structure of the story on a Greek tragedy. I could get that. That's fine. I can, like, that's at least a reason for it to go on as long as it did. But did the Greek tragedies go on this long? Meaning it was, the the, the rising action ended right in the middle. And then you needed 50%. Like, just look at Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar dies in the middle of Act 3. And then... Every, then the rest of it, I actually really was like, oh, maybe this is the back A, or maybe this is Julius Caesar. And they murder Caesar. And then, you know, what happens in the second half of Julius Caesar is that the whole conspiracy falls apart. And then they all just, one, one of them killed, they kill each other or they die in battle. You know, so I almost think this is closer to Julius Caesar than it is to the back A. Anyway, but it's kind of like, also, that's not the most exciting way to write a book by having the action in the middle. I don't know. And I think, so much afterward. It just isn't. I, th- I think that the action, like the murder happening in the middle makes the most sense for this particular book. Not just because of the Greek shit, but because it's not just about the murder. It's about what happens after Could it. Have that's a very important part. 75% of the way through and then have 25% of just like, oh, it's all uh, falling apart now. 
I mean, it could have, but you know it was, like, if you didn't know it was going to happen, or if you didn't know who was going to get murdered, it'd be one thing, but you know who was going to get murdered. So, like, if you drag that on for, like, three quarters of the book, it might have felt like, why are we dragging this on? We know this guy sucks. Like, if it was, like, if it was a mystery, like, someone, one of these people died. That way you could kind of tease it out a little bit. But you know, like, Bunny dies right away. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, thank God. But... It just—it was a matter of it made sense in that because the important part was also they talked about his nasal voice like a bunch <laughs> just, of times. It he just—he just, just, like, just sucked oh, in God. every possible way. The only card game like they're always playing euchre, and the only yeah, card game funny knew Nazi was go fish. <laughs> That's a passage too. I don't know shit about euchre. How do you, how do you play that game? Uh, it's a lot like spades. You there? You which have a- which bunny had thoughts on those people? <laughs> <laughs> so we're two out of three on tart. I'm not too interested in doing the third one, honestly. I mean, it's her, it's her least known one. I couldn't even tell you what it was. It's called, like, The Little Friend. Oh, God. I mean, honestly, it was probably fine. It's probably good. But one Donna Tart every few is years is enough. 700 pages? No, it's a little friend. Yeah, there you go. It's one less page than this. <laughs> it, yeah. It well, she's you know what she's almost due for another book. She's every ten years. Uh, yeah, the goldfinch is, is from like she's, uh, she's a solid one a decade. Eight, eight years ago, at this point, the goldfinch came out, so she's she's almost due for another one. I am. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll get around to reading that other book at some point. I did like this. Yeah, I liked it. It was and I, the only thing I would say that's bad about it is that it was so fucking long. I think it was better than the goldfinch. I'd agree, but it was just it was still too long for me and i like she's a fantastic writer she's a fantastic writer very good i can get into passages that are just beautifully written even if they're not that important but at a certain point i'm like something needs to happen now like i need (laughs) i need i need plot to advance a little bit clearly we're in the minority like it's a a wildly popular book i mean i'd still recommend it to people i didn't just i we all we all liked it it was i think i think everyone's criticism would just be that it's too long well in the meantime Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you want to spend some of your money, not on tuition at Bennington College, you could go to patreon.com slash drunkguysbookclub and support the podcast. Or just leave us a review. Or tell a tell a friend or an acquaintance uh, to listen to the podcast. And that would help or us out. Or someone you're about to murder. No, Ooh, but that's a waste no, of time. that's a waste. Wait, hit, subscribe, them to leave on, the hit review subscribe on their first. account. And thanks to Grace for recommending this book And for being a patron And all around cool person And hopefully you still are when this comes out (laughs) (laughs) And check out the Hopped Up Network A network of independent beer podcasters And thanks for listening Mm -hmm.